Awesome. No one can say, no one can say he is a worshiper without being a disciple. Likewise, no one can be a disciple without being a worshiper. I love that. Give him some praise for that. Yes, Lord. Wow. A disciple has a personal relationship with Jesus, which leads you to being a true worshiper. So as soon as I put that music on of Jubilee, I'll watch and see who jumps out of their chairs. I said, there's my disciples right there. <laughs> Next one was, they were committed to being completely obedient to the Lord. Now, you might say, well, I don't know his voice. How do I know that's God? If God has put you in a house, then you listen to the father of that house. That's the voice of God for you until he brings you into knowing his voice. That's the voice of God. They were completely obedient. Not everyone who calls himself a disciple is one. This is because not every believer is willing to obey the command of Jesus. Doing the will of God transforms us into being his friend. That's beautiful. That's why Abraham was called the friend of God. Because he obeyed God. And God called him his friend. Amen. Jesus said in John, if you don't do my commandments, then the truth is not in you. And thereby you're a liar. So what are his commandments? His, command, his commandments are one foundational. And the other commandments are structural. So the first commandment was what? To love God. All your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So what does that mean? All your spirit. How do you love God with your soul? Obedience is a sign. That you love God. And it's always tested in the trial. Your trials are always a test. Of, it's a measuring stick of how much you love God. That you would choose him. And obey what he already. Obey what he's already given you before you entered the trial. It's amazing how the, how the devil can veil you. Blind you. Of what God has already given you. To take through with you into the trial. Because we, we stopped for a moment and reasoned that much. And the veil came down. And I forgot everything that God had just said before my trial. Because it's all veiled. God will never ask you to do something unless he's given you something to do it with. So you either received a prophecy or a word of knowledge or a, a rhema word or an illumination from God. You received something before all hell broke loose. And it's amazing that that's all you need 
to get through a fiery trial. You can attest to that. And, and we get on the phone and call every pastor we know. Pray for me, pastor. Pray for me, pastor. Pray for me, pastor. If somebody calls you and asks you to pray for them, say, no, I'm not praying for you. I've done that. You talk about offending a mind. Then the true heart comes out. And those same people come back around a year later and said, I'm so glad you were the only one that stood up for God and told me, no, I'm not going to pray for you. And they got changed from one person's obedience. One person's obedience. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but when, when, they, when they call you specifically, you know what they're going through. Listen, when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you'll know what to do every time. Every time. Now, there's been times when I would tell the people, give me two weeks and I'll get back to you. But if I don't get back to you, then God wasn't going to use me. He's going to use someone else so that he can be, so he can be glorified. Because he spreads his glory around. He spreads his glory around. Amen. It's not just the pastor. It's the whole body of Christ. But there's some hard-headed ones out there that you have to say, no, I'm not praying for you because I prayed for you last week and the week before and the week before and the year before and the year before. Amen. It builds up. And then you realize the person is just in disobedience. Yeah, they start depending on you. But see, if I would pray for that person, what, what was on them and what they were going through would have jumped on me. Absolutely. 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 And that's what I call prostitution. We can prostitute the gift of mercy. We can prostitute grace. We can prostitute these things for our own gain. And don't even realize it. That's why you got to know the Holy Spirit. You got to know the Holy Spirit. You got to know him. A disciple is one that has taken the lordship of Jesus Christ. And crossed the line. Crossed the line of being comfortable. Crossed the line of, of Lord I just can't do another fellowship. Remember, it's the sacrifice of fellowship is the invitation of God. He's going to be there. He's going to show up in your sacrifice of fellowship. I just watched Apostle Maldonado. His life is that ministry. And I could see the sacrifice of fellowship on him. I could see he's tired. But a sacrifice is not a sacrifice until you don't want to do it. That's when you know it's a true sacrifice. If you do it and really don't want to do it. That's when you do it. And that's when you can be assured that promotion is in motion for you. Through the sacrifice of fellowship. 
A disciple is one that has taken lordship of Jesus Christ and crossed over a line from coming to the house merely to seek food to coming with the intention to learn how I can serve God better and give more. Next title of this is We Have Been Appointed. Let's see, comfort, reason. Um, that was it. Commitment. Commitment, convenience, and reason. Commitment, convenience, and reason. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at the illustration. So it is. It's comfort, convenience, and reason. Those are the three. If you want to receive the double portion, those three things, move out of the line of comfort, come out of the line of convenience, and line of reason. Okay. We have been appointed. Luke 10, 1 says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face in every city and place where he himself was about to go. So in the Greek, the word appointment means to proclaim anyone as elected to office, to proclaim anyone who is elected as to office, to announce as appointed to a king. So as the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sent his disciples. They had the privilege of being assigned to a specific place with the authority to cast out demons and heal the sick because they paid the price. How many of you feel like you've paid the price since you come in the king of life? There was a price to pay, right? You really had to die. You really had to die. You had to die to church. You had to die to church that is polluted with the world. That's what we had to die to. And come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Likewise, God has a specific place and authority for you. It is necessary to submit to these in order to accomplish his will and development and develop your leadership. With this, God is saying, I love this. I have strategically placed you in a house because I know your destiny. That's powerful. I feel that. I'm going to say that again. God is saying, I have strategically placed you in a house because I know your destiny. How many know you've got to be processed for your destiny? And how many know that you're, you're going to fulfill your destiny because you're in the right house? I know what you love, God says. I know your purpose. And I know in which house you can carefully be developed. Isn't that beautiful? Carefully be developed. Not abusively being developed. But carefully. It's something you really have to navigate. The spiritual development of people. Indeed, God knows our desires, our purpose, and our mission on earth. He also knows our pain, where we came from. Our background he knows our potential, and he knows my heart. Thus, he has placed, he has a place for you, which includes people he wants you to relate to. 
because he knows that once you connect with that place and those people, something is bound to happen in your life. Isn't that beautiful? So where has God placed you? Yes, praise him. Just give me some praise. So I don't want anybody to say, I don't know if I'm led by the Spirit or not. Because you came through that door. The devil's not going to send you through that door. You were led by the Spirit. You were led by love. Because the Spirit is love. You were led by love. God says, I want you to come into this place because I want you to experience more love. One thing God told me a long time ago, he said, Gene, the people I'm bringing to you are my gems. He said, they're messed up. They're broke, busted, and disgusted. <laughs> but he gave me a key. He said, love them out of where they are. Don't look at their head. Look at their heart. I said, Lord, you're going to have to be anointing me to do that. Because <laughs> sometimes I can look at some heads and I just want to chop them off, put another head on there. <laughs> Let's get this over with. <laughs> no, I was, I was looking for Carrie. He's not here. <laughs> but the process is so beautiful. Because in the process, you learn to love each other. You learn to love each other. And in the process, you learn to know that that person loves you. I feel God just building up right now. Jesus. Ah, Lord Jesus. It's a miracle. Raise your hand and worship him. It says love. It says love. It says love. He didn't care what you've done. All he cares about is what you can become. He doesn't look at what I've done. Look at what you've done. He looks at your potential and says, Come. Come to me, all who are heavy and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Learn from me, and you will find rest for your soul. Nothing can put the soul at rest but love. The soul is designed to be one with love, for God is love. Thank you for loving on us. We embrace you. Think about where he took you from. Just love on him right now. Just love on him. 
We're so blessed to have a house that the Father can just show up anytime and just love on the children. Just love on the children. Jesus didn't save you to save souls. Jesus saved you to embrace the Father because you'll never save souls effectively until you embrace the Father. Because the souls, souls need the love that's coming from the Father, the love that sent Jesus to us. The love of Jesus is the love of obedience. The love of the Father is the love of family. He wants all his children. Lost, lost souls came from heaven. Get the music up to him. His presence is here. And you, when, you, when you embrace it, you lift your hands. That's how you embrace it. Just embrace it. Come on up, Todd. We're going to embrace it for a minute. Come on up. Just embrace it. As your hands are lifted, just picture him pouring his love into you.
something just got changed in your life. Something just changed in you. We all need changes. So in his presence when he comes, we don't know what he's changing. But we'll see the fruit of it. Something that I used to do, I no longer do. Or even have a desire to do it. Because when daddy comes in the house, his love is taking the place that's in the way of change. Because all you need is his love. Nothing compares to his love. Just close your eyes and just picture the light of his embrace. Just let him embrace you now. Father, embrace them. Embrace them now, Jesus. your hands everybody raise your hands let him fill you now your hands when you raise your hands what you're saying to God is I receive your love when you raise your hand that is a sign of being humble he said, He said, My people, 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my presence seeking my presence is seeking his face then I will heal them then I will forgive them and heal their land so his presence is here that is his face is his presence now he will forgive now he will heal he's healing relationships some of you are going to receive a phone call God reconciling relationships that have been damaged. Oh, my shiko. Ile koriesomodia sata. Makliato sakatate boshete. Ile kolandoriasia. finished our teaching it says what results can be expected for remaining in the place which God has appointed you you just saw a result his presence number one we will bear fruit what results can I expect we will bear fruit God has placed us in a specific place a house, so we can bear fruit. How do we know if we are in the right house? How do we know if I am in the right house? We can look at our home, our family, and our fruit. If everything is the same or worse than when we first got there, then it is likely then it is likely that either it is not your house or that we simply have not committed to being 
a true disciple. And usually the case is when God sends people through this door and they get worse and leave, they have unbeknowingly said in themselves that I'm not committed to this disciple, be a disciple of Christ. But once you lay down your life, you never have to lay it down again. Because when you lay it down, he takes place. And you don't have to repeat that old life again. Isn't that awesome? That you don't have to go back to that anger that had you gripped. I used to hate that. I was so full of anger. Fear. On the other hand, if we do see change, transformation, growth and maturity, change, transformation, growth and maturity, then we know this is our house. This is your home. And these are your leaders. Change, transformation, growth, and maturity. Then you know that you're in the right place. Because God changed you in this place. And developed you in this place. To represent him. Outside of this place. Don't just bear fruit in here. It's easy to bear fruit in here. Because the, the fruit can get on you. Fruit that you don't even have can get on you out of the atmosphere. But the key is to bear fruit outside that door. That's the fruit test is outside that door. If you commit and seek God, we will surely see increase in our fruits and blessings. So bear, we will bear fruit. That's number one. Number two, our fruit will remain. That's the key. I used to love it. When I would get in situations where I had bad fruit, my bad fruit would come out, then all of a sudden, it didn't come out anymore. When I was in a situation and the good fruit came out, I said, wow. Isn't that amazing when it comes out? That the old character has not come out, but the new character has come forward? We were planted in the right place. When we are planted in the right place, our changes and our growth. This is what you need to write this one down. When we are planted in the right place, our changes and our growth are genuine and everlasting. Isn't that beautiful? That's just so beautiful. That you'll never have to go back to that old stuff again. It's genuine everlasting. So much so that all that we do will now prosper. And will impact our generation. We're seeing our generation impact in just in this place. We've got three generations, four generations in this home already. And each generation is affecting the next generation. Number three, God will answer our prayers. How many, have, how many of you had an answered prayer? Raise your hand. I want to see a hand. How many of you have, have had an answered prayer? Everybody, so that's great. 
That's great. When we are in the perfect will of God, nothing can stop our prayers from being answered. Nothing can stop it. God is a loving Father who wishes to give us the desires of our heart. That's one thing God told me. He said when the people come in, he said they have gotten sick from a desire not being met. Heart sick. He said this will be a place for desires being met, for relationship with him, for healing, for deliverance, everything we need to fulfill our destiny. You can't fulfill your destiny without the right mate. Amen? You'll be in the devil's destiny. That's why it's important to wait on God. And the father in the house will give you a witness that that's your mate. This marriage would have never happened if the Lord didn't let me see that they're supposed to together. And, that, and Chris, my son, he said, he, I, he was trying to pull it out of me over and over again. He just wanted me to say, he never said it, but I could feel it. He wanted me to say that Tori was his wife. Even though I knew it, I couldn't say it. Because there's got to be a, you got to get to a place to where you're not dependent on man. That you know that you know that you know it's God. And then the Father house is going to release it. But he won't release it until you know. He won't release it until you know. Until you know. Because listen, God, God already gives it to me. He'll either give me names of peoples and places before you get to me. If he doesn't give me a name or a people or a place, when you speak, he's given me the witness. And that witness is what protects us. So submit everything to the leaders of the house. Especially when you see fruit. And you see change and transformation happening to people. It's because of the leaders are totally surrendered to God. And they've been changed. They've been transformed. And they carry the glory of God. God is a loving father who wished to give us the desires of our heart. But when we are not aligned with his will, our desires get twisted and become selfish. Then we want to try to fix the other person. Man, I've been there. I've been there over, over and over again. Nothing was wrong with me. I missed a right. I had it all right. But I wanted to fix everybody else. And it told me right then that I was the one that was messed up. And you try to fix someone else to meet the desire in your heart. That's not God. That's not God. God will change people and present them to you. God will change people and present them to you. Some people are able to fake their fruit for a time. But if they are but <laughs> I love this. But if they are rotten from within, it doesn't matter how much they fake it, for their fruit will not remain. 
God will keep sending a trial their way to, to eat up all that, consume all that bad fruit with the fire of his love. He just keeps consuming it. When the Lord, when the Lord of the vine checks their, their fruit, he will find what's really there, nothing. And that's usually in the trial. That's when the, the fruit inspection comes. <laughs> is in the trials. So don't abandon the place where God has put you. I don't know how many people have wanted to abandon this place. Because, some, because sometimes it didn't feel like heaven. But you can be assured it feels like heaven to some people and it may not to you at that time. So if you just stay put, what's in the atmosphere is going to change you. We keep applying the word, apply the word, apply the word. The word of God does not change you. The word of God, what? Heals you. And it delivers you from the devil. But the presence of God changes you. The presence. You can't come into his presence without being changed. It's illegal. Pastor, come on, what you doing back there? Come on, I, I thought you'd been in the bathroom all this time. <laughs> I said, oh my God, pastor's back there throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> praise God it's good to laugh don't abandon the place where God has put you when you enter the church the house where God has placed you one that meets the conditions of the house of God the Holy Spirit will bring upon you the spirit of adoption I carry the spirit of adoption. God has put that on me because I can adopt anybody. I'll adopt. And you know why it's so easy for me to adopt people? It's because of the Father's love. You can't be a father until you're in, you're in touch with the Father because he'll reject no one. He'll reject no one. You will never, never feel that you belong to any house until the spirit of adoption makes you a part of this house. Isn't that cool? There is something your leaders have that belong to you. There is something that you have that belongs to your leaders. Isn't that beautiful? That's what brings unity. When you know the person that you're arguing with has what you need. Amen? You think about that. The next time the devil tempts you to argue or complain, that person has the body part that you need. So you walk away still missing an arm. Ah, Jesus. We're commanded to love. We are commanded to love. Resisting becoming a part of the crowd. You have to resist to become a part of the crowd. Fight to stand out. Be above the average of those around you. Propose yourself to be different in everything you do. I love it when the Lord told me to open up this ministry. He said, do everything opposite the church is doing. I said, what? 
That sounds like an occult ministry to me. He said, my church is not representing me. I want you to represent me. And to build my church, my house, from testimony. From testimony. Isn't it awesome that God can flood in here doing testimony? He can flood in here by just a little sonship group. Because he has built his house. He has built his house. In this church, we are extraordinary people. We are out of the norm. We are visionaries. We are unique. Man, don't we have some unique people? Who all stayed at Mamie's house? Didn't you have some unique people at your house? <laughs> Didn't you have... A buffet of personalities at your house. Wasn't it awesome? <laughs> oh, I wish I could have been there. <laughs> I would have fit right in. <laughs> Thus, I exhort you to, to be different, to be excellent and outstanding in all you do. Different, excellent, and outstanding in all you do. Do not allow yourself to conform to your surroundings. Because listen, if God has put you in a place, then He has already changed you from that surrounding. He placed you there to change the surrounding, not to conform to it. Because you're bringing the presence of God. Every one of you, when you walk in a room, should change the atmosphere. Just by showing up. God has never told us to conform to prayer. He did not tell us to conform to praise and worship. None of these things. He told, he told us to be transformed into his likeness. Prayer, worship, all these are tools on our journey to be transformed. To look like him. You ever walk in a room and people just go, looking at you like you're a ghost? That happens to me all the time. It's very uncomfortable. But it's not the people. It's what the demons and the people see. They see what you're carrying. And they're shocked with fear. Not knowing what you're going to say. Demons hate to leave bodies. You know why? Because they don't want to go back to Satan and say, I failed. That's why demons, when you get ready to cast out a demon, the people are so fearful. Because that's that demon afraid to face his master. I'm not afraid to face my master when I fail. Come on. He just says, come on, son. Let's try it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I hear that in my mind. Let's do it again. All right, Lord, I'm going to do it again. Don't ask why. All right, we're finishing up. What type of people do we have in the church? This is very good. Multitudes or disciples? Leaders must understand this truth. Multitudes 
cannot be used to edify the people. The multitudes are here today and gone tomorrow. Man, have you seen that? Today they attend church. Tomorrow they don't. Wouldn't it be awful to go to a church for 10 or 15 years and then the thing comes tumbling down? Can you imagine how you would feel? How the devil would put all kind of junk on you saying you've been in the wrong place. You've been following a false leader. You've been doing this and that. But listen, if God put you in a place and you were fed, then he put you in that place to help change the people. To get close to the leader. You know, most leaders won't let you get close to them because they're afraid of what you're going to see. Because they know the people of God can see. The multitudes are here today, gone tomorrow. They attend church, they, they don't tomorrow. Today then, they tithe today, and tomorrow they don't tithe, and so forth. On the other hand, a disciple is committed to God through his obedience and continuous permanent service. Finances, family, time, and life. I always say time, love, and money. Time, love, and money. If we become disciples but are still measuring our ability to serve according, according to what is convenient, reasonable, or profitable, then we have not yet crossed the line of the cross. We have not crossed over. Today we must decide who we want to be in God. Do we want to be like everybody else, a part of the multitudes, or do we want a people who will influence generations to come? Not everyone is qualified to be designated, appointed, and ordained by God. Within his house, Jesus has chosen disciples to go and make disciples. A disciple is one that denies himself at all times, takes up his cross each day out of love to the one who loved him and rescued him from death. The final challenge, today's challenge as we leave today is to cross the line that has been holding us back from being all God wants us to be. Rest assured that if you choose to be a disciple of Jesus, one that is committed and subject to his will and his lordship, you will be greatly rewarded. And I can stand here and say I've been greatly rewarded by Jesus. And it's because of obedience. It's because of obedience. I know what it's like to obey sin. Because I came from sin. Jesus blesses obedience. So be, obey him. And live that life. That he's called you to live. And listen. There will be no lack. The Bible says there's no lack. To those who fear him. And to fear him is to do what? To hate sin. To hate sin. Sin is evil. He said to hate sin. Hate evil. And there will be no lack in your life. And lack doesn't mean material possessions. Lack is something on the inside. That's causing me to lack on the outside. Because it's all connected. I can look at a person's life. 
and look at everything around them. And it tells me what's on the inside of them. Because your inward man is a reflection of what's on the outside. And you want to be blessed. To be blessed, you're going to have to be obedient. Amen. Any questions? Is that good? God showed up for this one today. The Father showed up for this today. But not only the teaching. Not only the teaching was good because the Holy Spirit was teaching. But when the presence came, you received more from that presence than what you heard today. That's why it's, patient. it's good to be patient, to wait on God's presence. Because you could receive in 10 minutes what you would need for a whole year. I'm telling you. When you're open enough to say, Lord, I love you. That's what your hands are saying. I love you. I surrender to your love. Notice when my hands go down, what's the tallest thing on me? My head. And he didn't call me to be a head. He called me to be a body. But the church is still trying to grow up into the head. And we're getting there because of the apostolic ministries, the fivefold ministry. Amen. Questions. You have a question? Where's the mic? The children have questions. I love it. Lord, give me the answer. Um, what does it mean when you said to the other side of the cross? I didn't hear you. What does it mean when you said to the other side of the cross? When you step over the line, the other side of the cross, that means you are freed from what's been holding you back. You feel like something's holding you back, right? That you know you don't have the victory in some area of life. There's something holding you back. But when you push past the cross, the cross is the crucifixion. When you pass the crucifixion, which the flesh has already been crucified, then what do you experience? Death. Burial. Then there's a resurrection. So that's the church has not moved past the cross. Think about that. There was a cross a burial, and a resurrection. Amen? And how do you do that? How do you move past the cross? Obedience. Obedience. Everything that God is teaching us tonight, we have to obey what's been said tonight. That's how you move past the cross. And see, when you obey it, God does something on the inside and you won't even know it's happening. Till later you're not doing it again anymore. But if you don't obey it. Then he's going to expose. Your heart. Through offense. Usually in the trial we get offended don't we. And the person he sends to you. To provoke the trial. Is the one that's blessed. Because God used him to trigger something on the inside of us that wasn't like God. And we want to call that person evil. But God used people. I thank God for the people he put in my life to trigger something in me that I needed to know about. Because you can walk this walk with Jesus and think everything's going great and you've got it right. 
And then he sends somebody into your life to offend you. And see, this is how you know you've made it when you don't take the offense. You passed the test. Remember, he offended them to expose their hearts. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a sign of rejoicing? When you, don't, when you have the power, when you don't have any more room for the offense to come in. Because you have so much of God in you. You're full of God, flooded with God. Come on, bring the offense. I don't have any more room for you anymore. Isn't that beautiful? Filled, full, and flooded with God. And you can get it just by sitting here in his presence and fellowshipping. I'm so glad God has moved me from a Pentecostal church. Aren't you, Brother Pastor Mike? Pentecost is good, but we're supposed to move past Pentecost into his presence. Into his presence. Because everything that Pentecost was sent to do is in his presence. Any more questions? What time is it? 7.45. Better calls any of you. Yeah, she's working. But everybody comes Saturday night. We have so many testimonies, not only of the hurricane, but the miracles that took place on our trip. The miracles. Jenny's got a miracle that's unbelievable. A creative miracle happened to her. So we're going to have some testimonies. And we got a special guest to preach. And, and, they, and they're going to bring the glory of God in the house. No. <laughs> I'm so proud of everybody. I can't wait for ordination this year. I mean, every year it gets better and better, but this year being connected with King Jesus Ministry and the impartations that have happened, I don't believe we're going to be able to stand up up here to receive. <laughs> Let me close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for sonship. I thank you, Lord, that you've entrusted us in your house. This is your house. And you've made leaders in this house that you can trust and that people can trust to love them and to love them out of where they are. I thank you for your presence, your revelations. I ask you now to seal it in our hearts with the Holy Spirit. For he is sent to ensure our success in Jesus' name. Giving some praise. Thank you, Lord.